Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Hey guys, we're back with another episode of Soundtracking. I know how much you guys adored when we dropped the previous episode. (laughs) So we kind of implied that there was a similarity between last month's Soundtracking and this month's. And what that thing is, is that both of them are movies that are from the 90s that Scott and I grew up with that have way more songs than they have any clue what to do with. And... Both of them, I feel like, maybe could have done a better job of picking the songs for the, like, ending of the movie, uh, for for the what, what ended up on the soundtrack. So, we got Empire Records this month. Yeah, boy. And I'm looking at... You know at why? The, Tell them why. Because today, April 8th, is Rex Manning Day. <laughs> <laughs> we can't. Not on Rex Manning Day. Which, again, why the fuck is Say No More, Monet Moore not on the main soundtrack? <laughs> Dude, but they, well, we'll get to that. But also, like... Um, uh, There's a lot of missing shit that should be on the soundtrack. Yeah, like, uh, so, so Say No More, Monet Moore was written for the movie, as was Sugar High featuring Renee, Zell- Renee Zellweger. Oh yeah, no. Oh, we will get into the version of Sugar High that's on this soundtrack because wait, there's a that. oh, there is a version on here. There okay, is, and it's and it's, it's not with her. Bad. Okay, it's right. bad. Well, uh, what so, the we'll fuck? Get okay. there. So, so can you give me a little info on who Coyote Shivers was, why he had such a stupid name, and why he got to write a song for this soundtrack? So I don't know where the nickname Coyote came from. Uh, his name is Francis Shivers. <laughs> Ooh, I changed my name to Coyote as well. Uh, he had three albums out uh, throughout a decade. Uh, he appeared in one movie before Empire Records, which was Johnny Mnemonic. Uh, and, I, and he toured as the opening act for Kiss uh, during their reunion tour. Uh, it, it just seems like I don't know. I have no clue. I'm looking at this and there is nothing on this Wikipedia page that gives me any insight. Uh, but yeah. Uh, apparently he got into a, a pretty bad divorce with a girlfriend uh, or got married, got divorced, then like had a whole bunch of stuff uh, that he had a pattern of physical, sexual and psychological abuse, stalking and legal har- uh, harassment. And that's why we don't really hear about Coyote Silvers anymore. Shivers. Or Shivers anymore. Uh, Coyote Silvers would be a way better name. Um, so, <laughs> But here we are. We're going to we're going to try to break down. So last episode we went soundtrack like track by track we're not going to be able to do that on this one unfortunately no, unless and, you want to be here for an hour 
Well, it's not even just that. It's that there's 15 songs on the full soundtrack, and then there's an extra track that's on uh, the Australian German edition that I don't mm. know what that song is at all. No, but yeah. I see maybe five songs out of 15 that I can tell you for even a second where they appear in the movie. And I own the soundtrack and I've listened to try to find where these songs are and I still can't find them. Um, So it kicks off with the, till I hear it from you, one of the songs written specifically for the movie only available on the soundtrack. One of the best songs by the Jim Blossoms and the music video was one of my, like one of those music videos that is etched in my brain where it was just a constant scroll of scenes from the movies and pictures of the gym blossoms just going across your screen like it was a very <laughs> weird concept for a video but i i always really liked it for some reason um i don't know but that song rules i mean i don't really love the gym blossoms but i love till i hear it from you Gin, I feel like the Jim Blossoms were one of there's like a select it was a pretty popular thing in the 90s where like I don't the 90s had two things going for it uh, well not going for it it had two things usually in music you either had the one hit wonder or you had these bands that could just write two or three great singles on every album and then had no clue what to do with the rest of the like 10 tracks on the CD I think it's because the 90s was arguably the end of ghost written rock and roll um so i think that they would have some famous person like uh, fucking brian adams or somebody or like um i don't know rick springfield write them a song and and that would be their single and then they're like yeah sure you can you can write you can put your little songs on the rest of the album and we'll produce the fuck out of them and make them at least tolerable but that i think that that was a that was the end of like rock stardom is the 90s because once the internet hit there was no money to pay songwriters and so the vast majority of musicians have to write their own shit now and that's why there are a lot more musicians out there and there's a lot more music but it's really a lot of it is one and done like let's never listen to them again kind of music yeah no that makes sense so so we got can't hard uh, we got wow. till i hear from you uh and then it's followed by a cranberry song called liar which my favorite actually- cranberry song yeah, I do remember this song in the movie. It's the song in which uh, Rex Manning tries to get a blowjob from uh, Liv Tyler, and she runs out onto the roof of the building, and it's kind of one of the heavier Cranberry songs, actually. Yeah. Uh, and it's a good little jam. I, for the longest time, thought that the song Free by the Martinis was the Cranberries. It's not, but that's probably one of the best songs on the actual physical soundtrack is Free by the Martinis. Uh, which is when um, Sinead O'Rebellion is shaving her head in the bathroom. Um, shock me, shock me, shock me with that deviant behavior. So we have Girl Like You, which I feel like is a song that appeared in a shit Oh, dude, soundtrack. this movie, or this this that song is in pro- arguably more movies from the 90s than any other song that we could ever imagine. But like the Wikipedia page just says it appeared in Empire Records, and I'm like, <laughs> bullshit. It was in so yeah. many oh, songs. Yeah. Uh, but I can't remember any of the movies. I can't for the life of me right now. I'm running a blank. I was hoping Wikipedia would like restart that. I'm sure IMDb would answer that question, but I don't have the time. Uh, <laughs> then there's a Toad in the Wet Sprocket song that I don't remember. Toad in the Wet Sprocket was another one of those bands that had like two or three good songs, and I don't understand how they're like so well loved. Uh, Innocence Machine, I know nothing about them, and that yeah. song is also not very good. Uh, better than Ezra's Circle of Friends. Better than Ezra had a lot of great singles. Circle of Friends was not one of them. It's not one of them, yeah. <laughs> uh, Because Better than Ezra for a long time had one of my, probably, 
I would say there was like a solid year in the 90s where my favorite song was a Better Than Ezra song, uh, Desperately Waiting. The, uh, oh, yeah. I'm running through the wet grass. Like, I was like, this song fucking awesome. But then... <laughs> The, probably the biggest reason to buy this soundtrack is track eight. I don't know who the eight hangers are, but I'm so glad that they wrote the song, I Don't Want to Live Today. Uh, it's the song that is playing when Lucas is driving, uh, riding his scooter into Atlantic City. That, uh, I woke up this morning to a filthy sky above. Didn't want to get out of my bed. Uh, it's such a good catchy song. It, I they don't even have a link on Wikipedia, so as far as I know, they wrote this song and this song. <laughs> <That's> it, yeah. <laughs> um, then we go right back into mediocre with uh, we got a whole lot of trouble by Cracker again. Cracker had one or two good songs, a lot of love, a lot of trouble, not one of them. Uh, one of the only other songs that I actually remember being in the movie Ready Steady Go. Uh, Scott, I'm sure you can tell us what scene that's in. Uh, shit. I'm trying to remember, and I'm, I feel like I'm gonna be stupid. If, say something stupid. <laughs> yes, that's right. Oh my god, I love how Ethan Emery's voice like cracks six times when he screams "shoplifter." Oh god, I love I Ethan. Emery. You're the best. I think I'm gonna take the time to pull the audio yes, him yelling yes. "shoplifter." Please, please, <laughs> dear God. Uh, <laughs> Then whoever the fuck Drill is has a song. Uh, there's a song called Nice Overalls. There's a lot of bad songs on this. Uh, the lead singer of the Lemonheads, uh, Evan Dandy- Dando, uh, does a cover of Big Star's uh, Ballad of El Goodo, which I actually don't remember where it is in the movie, but it is a really good song. That's one of the few songs on the soundtrack I do recommend checking out because uh, I think that that's just a I, I, big star wrote some really great songs and that's probably one of their best arguably I don't even uh, I don't even remember that song or big star anything I don't know uh, big star the song that most people know by them is the song 13 uh, won't you let me walk you home from school it's like a it's a song it's a love song written from the perspective of a 13 year old um, but it's appeared in so many movies and TV shows it's a very like if you hear the song, you'll be like, oh, yeah, no, I've heard this shit in so much stuff. Uh, and then the most embarrassing, upsetting, insulting thing on this entire soundtrack is there's the song Sugar High by Coyote Shivers. But it's not the version featuring Renee Zellweger, which whatever. But it also has completely different lyrics. And it's a song about performing oral sex on a girl on the soundtrack. Ew. So literally. So um it's uh, when I think about my life, I want to lick between her thighs and get a sugar high is what the chorus is on the soundtrack version of the movie. And I'm just like, what the fuck is this? Uh, and that's basically the, it's just a filthy song. And I get so upset because the version in the movie is so much better. Uh, and there's just I'm looking at this list of songs that are missing from the soundtrack on on Wikipedia. And it's. It's awful. I just discovered, by the way, that the version of Hey Joe that appears in the movie is not the Jimi Hendrix original. It's but fucking body the- count. <laughs> so that's that's Ice-T that's doing a very good Jimi Hendrix impression on that track. Uh, but like Little Bastard by the Ass Ponies, yes. like how do you not put that song in this movie, uh, on this soundtrack? Like... There's only so many good songs by the Ass Ponies. <laughs> I'm, I'm, arg- I would, I'm gonna argue here... This is the only one. 
I mean, you would know they are from around your area in Cincinnati, Ohio. It's Dude, only Cincinnati is away. so far from you. I'm actually closer to you than I am Cincinnati. <laughs> um, also, another like big question mark of like, why the fuck is this not on the soundtrack? And I guess this one is just copyright and the cost of money. But um, if you want blood, you got it by ACDC. Uh, I mean, come on. <laughs> It's it's got like a spotlight scene for that song. <laughs> well, uh, I think the problem is it comes down to the fact that they had a lot of money to pay like Coyote Shivers, and that they, they they have fucking forty songs on between the, the the featured songs in the soundtrack, and let's just say that they did not have the extra scratch for if you want blood, you've got it by ACDC. Nor did they have the scratch for counting blue cars by Ditchwalla, which is very strange because that would have probably gotten them a lot more album sales. Yeah, just alone because soundtrack. Yeah, because Ditchwalla, I have both albums that Ditchwalla put out, and there's nothing inherently bad about any of those albums, but there's very little memorable about either of those albums. Yeah, I don't actually remember Um, anything else except for counting blue cars, and I have that album. I don't remember anything else. They the second album they had a very minor hit that I really really enjoyed, uh, called Once in a While and it was like When you close your eyes, do you like what you see inside your mind? And it was a very like I was like, man, this is the this is the one. This is gonna bring Dishwalla back to the forefront, and uh, it, it didn't. didn't. <laughs> <laughs> but also that should have been on the soundtrack. Uh, throwing muses, snake face. Um, you know, the song that Liv Tyler seductively dances to while oh, setting up yeah. uh, Rex's lunch. Not I'm bringing Rex's lunch! lunch. <laughs> uh, Sadama Gogo by uh, Guar. I can't... That's what introduced me to Guar. Oh my God. Still <laughs> my all time favorite song by Guar. You play oh, me guitar, Mark. It's a shame that you must die. <laughs> it's I would I would actually argue I mean Guar's got a ton of albums I would still argue Sadama Gogo probably their best song it's so good yeah yeah uh, well, they, they, also I think that's on Miss Toilet Earth which is a really good record just in general it, that's that, I, that's my favorite Guar record yeah for sure I would say that um, it's that or um oh god what's uh, Violence Has Arrived I think is what it's called that's the one that came out in like 2001 when i was in college um and i went and saw them uh it was it was great oh my god it was great um, i'm actually like going through my my itunes real quick to get to my guar um because uh, <laughs> i have like the entire discography so yeah sadama gogo is on this toilet earth and then um violence has arrived has uh the, their quote-unquote big song from that record was um immortal corruptor Okay. They also had a song called Happy Death Day, which was about the Columbine shooting. Um, yeah, well, I mean, that's kind of what they did. But um, yeah. yeah, like, they, oh, and Bloody Mary was a big song on that record. Uh, but but yeah, like Guar, so great. I can't believe that Guar would have been like, yeah, you're not going to give us enough money. I bet that they were like, we'll, we'll be in your movie for free. Put us on your CD for free. Uh- you know who's seen Guar live? I believe at least once, possibly more than once. Your brother? My brother Brian. Kelly. Yeah. yeah. 
(laughs) It was one of his first shows. (laughs) I feel like that would explain a lot about BKL. Um, (laughs) It would also explain a lot about you if you had been there too, but apparently not. You're still a mystery. Uh, You're built. I guess you're building a mystery. Uh, Anyway. Well, Sir McLaughlin's not on this. No, no, but you should have been. Yeah. The the best part about Guar shows is when, uh, the lead singer who I don't actually know who plays him anymore because the original lead singer is gone. He's dead. Uh, but, but I, I'm assuming they still do it, but the lead singer has a massive, like two foot dong and they, they attach a hose to it and he sprays you with alien jizz. That's like bright green. Definitely the, yeah. the highlight of a guar show. Just saying. No, it's, no, it's the highlight of the Guar scene in this movie, the way that they awkwardly edit it so that you don't see the giant dong. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> like, oh, I, I'm sorry. That's called the cod piece. <laughs> yeah, that, that's that legit uh, so, what it's called. Um, yeah, so that, that, that's, so that's the best part of the whole about, movie, though, right there is Guar. We need to talk about the Sponge song. Yeah, we do. Because you covered the Sponge song. Yeah. Uh, and it's another one of those. It's one of the songs that sticks out in my head is like, yeah, no, I hear that song. And I think of the scene from Empire Records. Well, uh, where they're setting up for the yeah. Save the Empire party. It's a really important part of the movie. Yeah. So, of course, we can't put that on there because we need to get the song Nice Overalls onto the soundtrack. <laughs> <laughs> uh Skimming through here. So most people won't know this song, The The, This Is The Day, but it's actually the really dancey song that plays at the very end of the movie when they're all dancing around the Empire Records sign on the roof. Yeah. Uh, I don't think it's like super necessary that it be on the soundtrack, but I just do think it's a pretty decent song. Uh, skimming through here, we already said, you know, Say No More, Monet More makes no sense that that song yeah. is not in the fucking soundtrack. Um but money, that's what I want by the flying lizards should have 100% been on the soundtrack. Yeah. Uh, but the song that makes me beyond angry is not on the soundtrack. Cause I don't know how to acquire the song besides just downloading it is queen Sarah Saturday seems uh, the song that uh, Mark p- picks to play while they're setting up <laughs> the seems I never get enough of me. Yeah. Uh Second movie in in two months that features uh, Romeo and Juliet. So Dire Straits must have just been asking for some serious bank. Yeah, to have well, that song and, available and on a soundtrack. A couple months back, I did um, the Analog Jones podcast with our our beef fry Stephen and um, and the what what Stephen and I refer to as fake Matt, his Matt. Um, so you're real yeah. Matt. He's fake Matt. Uh, Sweet, but yeah. So uh, we did we did. Um, laser mission and the the title or not the title the only song on the entire goddamn soundtrack was this song called um mi, mi, uh shit um oh damn it damn it it's like mission not missionary man but uh, it was something like it was but i think it's I think it's Missionary Man. I think I remember you saying this the name Missionary Man multiple times know. on that episode. It's, it's bad. Like I I might have to like edit myself and and like be like, oh no, I was I was I was close, but no cigar. But yeah, um, that was also written by the guy from um, from Dire Straits, and uh, so I'm guessing that he was like trying real hard to break away from Dire Straits in movies and just has have his stuff in movies, and that's probably why I was like, yeah, you're gonna need thirteen thousand dollars to use Romeo and Juliet for one scene. Which I mean, he. Uh... 
he actually did the soundtrack. The guy from Dire Straits did the mu- the musical score for Princess Bride, which what? is like one of yeah is like one of the prettiest little guitar pieces. Is that like you know that that little guitar riff that plays throughout the entire movie is all him, and I, I love love the music that he did for that. All right, all right. His um, name's David Knopfler, and the song was called "Mercenary Man," not "Missionary." Mercenary Man. Missionary there Man is a song about being twenty years married. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so the next song that I'm seeing on this Wikipedia list that's worth bringing up is Video Kill the Radio Star by The Buggles. Uh, great song still, and it's when they're setting up for Rex Manning Day. Um, not much as I can understand that not being on there. I, I mean, this was a couple years removed from Wedding Singer, but yeah. you know it appeared heavily in The Wedding Singer, and then Presidents of the United States did what I would argue is the better version of Video Kill Absolutely. the Radio Star. Yeah. Uh, but then we have to talk about there's no reason why this song should be on the soundtrack. I just want to talk about it. Uh, I shot the devil by the suicidal tendencies, yeah. which I believe is a song playing when they're moshing in the store. Yeah, it, I'm almost positive. That's what it is. <laughs> and the last song I want to mention, because when I discovered that this was what like what this song was, I was very excited and it opened up the bizarre world of Daniel Johnston for me. <laughs> uh, do you know what the song Rock and Roll e- EGA is? No. Okay, you absolutely know this song from Empire Records, though. It's playing during the Guar scene, where it's like, and all oh, the boy, girls man. already have girlfriends. That's a real song. <laughs> that's a real song. I thought that that's was a real just guy. Ethan Emery being a goofball. No. no, so Daniel Johnston is crazy, and there's a documentary about him about how crazy of a human being he is. Uh, he's like not mentally challenged, but he. Uh, has some serious issues, bipolar disorder, schizophrenic, all of that stuff. Uh, And he wrote this really weird folk music, and it was kind of like a 90s Bob Dylan, where his singing ability was, like, non-existent. But lyrically, there was, like, such a raw honesty that he got this weird cult following and actually got signed to a record label because Kurt Cobain was a huge fan of his and wore his t-shirt all the time because he was a he did drawing and music. So if you ever saw a picture of Kurt Cobain wearing a shirt that says, hi, how are you? And it's like a one eyed frog on it. That's Daniel Johnston's artwork. And he that was the album cover. He would draw all of his own album covers on individually one by one as he self-produced his own cassette tapes and would hand draw each cover. So like. He got this crazy cult following, and there's even a really good album out there called uh, The Life and Death of Brian uh, Brian Johnston, which is uh, an interesting title because he's still alive. <laughs> and it's a double-disc CD where the first disc is all like his bet, like his 20 best songs per se, um, his versions of them, and yeah. they're they're all right. But then the second disc is like bands covering it, and you can it's really cool that they did it that way because you can kind of see where there's this beautiful song hidden in a song that a guy just can't make a reality because of his artistic limitations. Uh, so I wouldn't recommend buying any Brian Johnston or, or Daniel Johnston albums, but I would recommend if you could pick up that album, there's some great covers on it uh, and it's worth your time. Uh, but yeah, the rock and roll EGA is the song on his lone major record record release that completely bombed because he is not talented enough of a musician to be on a major label. 
And that is absolutely why it's in Empire Records. And it's why I'm baffled it didn't end up on the soundtrack, because I think the label was doing everything they could to make people want to buy his album. <laughs> weird. It's so weird. <laughs> yeah, it's a weird. But there's a really great documentary called The Devil and Brian Johnston or Daniel Johnston uh, all about how he like went down to Austin and became friends with the butthole surfers and the butthole surfers gave him acid. And that like caused him to have an even bigger mental break than he originally had. And just became like this weird guy who was convinced that the devil and demons were like in infiltrating the world and that he had to like fight them with his music. Like it, he's crazy. He's a, he's a crazy human being. But the documentary is actually really fascinating and, and kind of uh, touching at points and really sad at points, too. But uh, if you're into music documentaries, it's probably one of my favorite ones. It's right up there with Dig about uh, the Brian Jonestown massacre. And uh, uh, what the fuck is the other band? Uh, the Dandy Warhols and how they uh, used to be friends and now can't stand each other. And the guy just happened to be able to, was on tour with uh, Dandy Warhols when all of the shit hit the wall and documented all of the like death threats that they were receiving on their first major tour from a bunch of dudes who used to be their friends. Uh, so that's a pretty interesting watch as well. But that is it for soundtracking. Um, Scott, do you have anything else you want to throw out there about the old Empire Records? Any songs that I may have missed that appear in the movie? I mean, you talked about all the ones that I recognized and a bunch of ones that I didn't recognize. We left a couple off of the like featured, but not uh, on the soundtrack well, because, because I don't even know, recognize those songs. Well, because I think the big thing with both Empire Records and Can Hardly Wait is that there is not a moment in that movie where there's not music in the background. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like it's, it's music throughout. So I think a lot of these are just for both soundtracks. A lot of it is just like, what can we get for cheap to just throw in the background? <laughs> like, Cause there's bands that I have no, I've never heard of in my life. Uh, fig dish, peg boy, peg boy, <laughs> <laughs> the dead hot workshop. <laughs> God, these are the God, worst the 90s fucking had... 90s band names. It's like the worst of the worst. I was say, this is like the ultimate shitty 90s band name list is what I'm It's like at. a shitty 90s band name generator. <laughs> did you ever see, did you see the fake, I think it was like, um, I can't remember what show it was, maybe Firefly or ban, uh, Bonnaroo, the fake Bonnaroo poster that someone made Mm-mm. where all of the bands were bands that he created in an indie band name generator. <laughs> <laughs> and they were like, there was some fantastic fake names. I can't remember any of them, but at the time, because I don't listen to enough indie rock, I just thought it was a legitimate poster for at least the first like three or four names. And I'm like, wait. These seem absurd, (laughs) (laughs) like even by indie band standards. Uh, All right. Well, Scott, I think we're we're knocking out of the park with (laughs) with these episodes. Well, Uh, I am. I hope so. uh, And I mean, I guess we've we've announced it by now on the uh, on the site that, you know, coming soon, uh, a third co-host will have Brian B. Kelly on on as our permanent third, which means that not only are we going to continue doing soundtracking and we actually have a few movies that we're we're basically just waiting for brian to to be a full-time co-host to to tackle on on soundtracking um but we're probably going to do a few more of like episodes of are you afraid of the dark and goosebumps again and i don't know if we're going to do any more mailbags but we were talking about doing kind of like a water cooler topic thing where we'll just 
post on the Facebook page. So make sure you're on the Facebook page. We'll post on the Facebook page like, hey, we're going to just do like a quick 20 minute shoot the shit recording. What do you want us to talk about? And I've pitched an idea to Scott. So sound off in the comments if you want us to do this. But I think it'd be fun to do a little show called Growing Up Kelly, where Scott can just ask us a random question about Brian and I's life growing up. And we can just explain a little bit more of the family life that we've uh, lived, because as Scott's been slowly learning in our little uh, horror movie night group chat, we are not normal. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, I knew that way before we started talking to Brian as the three of us. Okay. (laughs) <laughs> but like you're starting to get way more insight on our our childhood. Oh yeah, <laughs> yeah, and, and just, it's just it's very it's very eye opening. I highly recommend <laughs> everyone find out the twisted shit that goes on in their brains. <laughs> All right, well we're gonna wrap this up. We're going about thirty minutes, which is about the average soundtracking length. Two episodes in. Um, yeah. All right. Have a good one, guys. Thank you, Scott, for taking the time out of your Saturday to record one of these bad boys for for the crowd, for the audience, because we love you guys. And uh, as you probably have already seen, the Patreon page has been shut down for the month of April, but we will be back May with some really cool uh, and way more cheap, affordable uh, Patreon tiers. So look forward to that as well. You're listening to the Geekscape Network.